Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Corignata Sparkcast. I am your host, Keith Johnson, along with Vakisha Marinci. Today, we have a very special guest on the podcast. He is a full cell film graduate, 2013 Hall of Fame inductee, and currently an active instructor here at Full Sail. Second assistant director, Larry Katz. You might have seen his work on Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End, X-Men First Class, Shaft, and that's just to name a few. Today's topics, Hall of Fame, the director's chair, and much, much more. So sit back, relax, because we're going live in... Just for the listener who don't know um, the project that Larry has worked on, I'm just going to name a, f- a few, yes, projects with S. Um, X-Men First Class, um, War for the Planet of the Apes, um, Pirate of the Caribbean, At World End, and most recent, Shaft, Larry Katz, everybody. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. How you, you doing, Larry? How Great. Doing? Thanks for having me. Great, great to have you. Um, it's a rainy day, but we're gonna make it a good day, though. Yeah, it's raining. It's, uh, well, it's Florida, so it's always right. It was raining when we sat down. It's probably already been sunny again and yeah. raining again. again, right? And sunny. <laughs> That's Florida for you. Right. So, so okay. So first icebreaker. Um, do you watch Game of Thrones by any chance? I do. Oh, you do? Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So last our last guest didn't watch it, so I'm glad we have a guest who does watch it. So what do you think so far with the new episodes? I like it. I'm I'm into it. You know, people are it's so divisive and people hate on it and complain about it so much and uh you know, I don't I never really got that. Right, I guess right. uh I'm the kind of viewer that just like pretty much likes everything. Mm-hmm. And I figure if I go to a restaurant, I'm going to eat my meal the way the chef prepared it. Right. I mean, either I like it or I don't like it, but that's the way they were supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And when I go to the movies or I see that show and, you know, it's it's dark and it makes me feel, uh, you know, uneasy and I don't know exactly what's going on. Right. You know what I mean? I figure that's the way that the artists want me to enjoy that. And so some people don't like that and they second guess it mm-hmm. and they say it's bad or it's lazy or something must have happened. Right. But, uh, you know. I, I so I'm I'm way into it and I like it and I love everything that they've done with it and I don't think I could do any better or okay. do I have any like <laughs> editorial comments about no, it? No, no, we just wonder if you watch it or not. That's Sorry, you, you man. Didn't, <laughs> no, we didn't need you to do like anything technical, just your regular day do you watch the show. Yeah, no, like, I'm talking about perfect. as a fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect, as yeah. a fan. You know, you're fine, yeah. yeah. What so, you thought about the Starbucks cup? <laughs> um or the coffee you know, cup. I, <laughs> I know I know from my perspective that a lot of people miss that i mean so many people it's not like one person right. you know job and they should get fired so many people mm-hmm. s- look straight at that and just it just disappeared i guess i mean it's pretty crazy to imagine mm-hmm. but it just slipped through the cracks and yeah. you know it can happen does that happen have you have you seen it happen on other um shows oh, yeah. or movies anything? there's always mistakes you right. know in every movie it's just you know we're doing things so many different times and different ways and it's just easy to lose track of something like that. Right, so, right. you know, do almost every movie has some kind of mistake in it. Do you not think that the Starbucks cup was purposeful, considering so many people had eyes on it, and I, I Starbucks kind of? I can't see, you know, why they would why they would do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's easier for me to 
even though so many people saw it, it's easier for me to believe that it just slipped through the cracks. Yeah, you know, I don't watch the show, but I could imagine that would be very jarring to just see that. Yeah, it was. I, 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 but I watched the episode and I didn't notice it either. You know, I was staring right at the TV. I'm a film right. guy. You know, I know what was going on off camera there. And not only that, uh, you know, I got to visit those sets because my buddy Steve Barris, Full Sail Hall of Famer, uh, invited me to Westeros to King's Landing. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah. To go check it cool. out. So, cool. well, um, I'm on episode well, season one, episode seven. I still got a lot of catching up to do. I don't know about y'all, but um, I try to get into it. But I just, it's it's a good show. I just I just can't. I'm not consistent on watching it. But, I was late know. to the party, and <laughs> I think. Uh, Season four, and I think that's the first thing that I ever binged out on. Right. You know that people just now watch like whole series in a short amount of time. And right. So yeah. I got caught up like mm-hmm. quickly. Okay. Is there any other shows that you watch that you binge? I mean, Breaking Bad was one, and uh, I did uh, Umbrella Academy on Netflix. And, oh, for, you know, I don't really consume that much uh, right. of what's out there. Believe okay, it or not. Cool. Cool. Okay, so let's let's take it back. Um, where are you from, Larry? Uh, I'm from Miami, Florida. Miami, Miami, Florida. Florida. I'm from Miami, too. Oh, no way. Not not that many of us that are, like, born and raised. Yep, born and raised in the 305. What part of town? excited. North Miami. (laughs) Oh, cool. Kendall. Kendall, okay. that's Southwest part of Miami. Um, So how did you find Full Sail? What was was your journey? Well, uh, so I grew up in Miami and loved growing up in Miami. And uh, very proud to come from there. And I think it was a great place to grow up. And um, pretty average uh, student, although, you know, I felt like I was smart enough. I was just kind of bored with the things that I was learning, but, you know, interested in movies and TV for sure. And, you know, in 1977, when the first Star Wars movie came out, you know, my dad took me to see it in the theater 11 times. Wow. Mm. So that, I think, kind of like set the tone as far as movies being like a significant part of our lives and so um you know then i was always trying to make videos at home and like stop motion claymation videos and stuff growing up but uh i didn't think about pursuing it as a career and i so i just did like the regular thing that everybody else was doing after high school pick a college that you get into and then go to college and you know pick a career at 18 years old what do you want to do the rest of your life and so I just I didn't really consider film as an option at that point. So I said, business, you know, it seemed like it was a pretty wide stance, at least, right. you know, if I could further like pick something as I went along, I figured, you know, if you pick like psychology, you're pretty much got a pretty narrow choices, you know, as you get into that. But business, I thought it, it sounded broad, right. you know, if I wanted to branch off. But, you know, again, I just was not a, I wasn't a great student. University of Florida and uh, was bored I didn't wasn't motivated to go to class I could get by without any effort you know what I mean just kind of like skate by yeah fly under the radar pretty much yeah and uh, I graduated barely but I I had not found anything that I was passionate about or that I would want to pursue based on what I learned right so then uh, a friend of mine knew that I grew up in Miami and I was always sailing and windsurfing in Biscayne Bay growing up. You know, that was like every weekend and spring break and summers and stuff. And so a friend of mine uh, recommended Club Med, 
this resort. Maybe you can go work there, you know, for six months and, you know, that would be fun and you could go sailing every day and it would be like you have a job at least that you like. Right. So um, I did apply to Club Med and now a lot of our show pro students can work for Club Med, you know, on the technical side of it. Okay, but cool. I, uh, I applied as a uh, sailing instructor and they sent me to Cancun and I, that started uh, my career as a sailing instructor in the Caribbean and uh, I loved it. And it was the opposite of university. And the hours were like long, seven days a week, like, you know, all day long, 18 hours a day from sailing and then responsibilities at night, putting on the shows and stuff like that, seven days a week. And so, but I loved it. And I was like, wow, I'm not lazy. I just need something yeah, cool to do. Right. And I could be productive. You know, as long as I'm like enjoying what I'm doing, I'm not lazy. But if I'm not, then, you know, it's really hard to get motivated. Right. So I stretched that out for a little bit longer than I should have. And so for five years, wow. right after I graduated university, I was a sailing instructor all over Mexico and the Caribbean. And it was awesome. I mean, you know, uh, it was so much fun. Right. And traveling and stuff, right? Traveling yeah. and meeting pe every day. I would meet new people that came from all over the world, you know, different ethnicities and backgrounds and sexual orientations. And, you know, I might be sitting at a table with like an elderly Japanese couple and a gay French couple and, you know, somebody from somewhere else. And my job was to kind of keep the conversation going. Right. So, you know, it was a really important training ground for me, you know, perfect thing for to happen in my life at that time. And so, uh, right about when I was wrapping that up again, probably like a year too long. If you ask my parents <laughs> of being a beach bum, pretty much. Sounds like the life, though. It was, yeah. not, it was yeah. not bad, not bad. Um, my buddy, who was my roommate in Gainesville, mm -hmm. was coming here for RA. Okay. It was only a, it was a associate's degree at that time, so it was one year long, and uh, he was here, and he was loving it. And he's like, "Man, you get you should check this out," because I was at a transition. You know, what am I gonna do? I had this degree that I don't really want to use, uh, but I'm just coming off of this awesome experience, and I'm you know motivated, and um, so he told me about the school, and I came up here, uh, not even for a BTS, I think it was just like a tour, right. like some day, and I was like, all right, I'm doing it. Um, only thing is that this time I was paying for it. My parents had paid for yeah, undergrad. Yeah. This yeah. time I was paying uh, for it. It's a lot, it's a lot less than it, <laughs> than, it, than it is now, but it was only one year, and it was associate's degree. Right. And so I moved up to Orlando, and uh, you know I was just all about it. I found that thing, like now, as bad as I was of a student when I was studying marketing and business, now I was the first one every day to every class. And I sat in the middle, in the front, every day, every class, wrote everything down. You know, I got straight A's because it was almost effortless because I was so into what I was learning. And I was like, holy, you know, moly, I got, uh, <laughs> I, fi I figured out, uh, I, might be, I might be on the right track. You know, this, this, could, this could turn into something. Right. You know, but... Uh, I was also realistic. I knew I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna full sail to become like a rich, famous movie guy. You know, uh, I knew that chances of me being the director of like a big movie were remote. I mean, there's no two ways about it. If you just like take your heart out of it and look at the numbers, the chances of that happening are small. You know what I mean? So the, I didn't uh, have any, you know, kind of imagination about what was gonna happen. 
Um, but uh, I, I thought I was on the right track. My parents were excited for me. Right. And, um, you know, then I started, you know, learning about all the roles of the film crew, mm -hmm. which I didn't really know what they were before. Mm -hmm. And then things started to fall into place. Right. That, actually, that's, that's a real good story. Um, I was going to ask you, what your parents like, did they support you right away when you came to Full Stuff since, like, you went to, you already previously went to college? Did they support you 100% or was it, like, that little bit of, uh, we're not sure. They did not financially right. do that. You oh, know? yeah. But they but they were, you know, um, they were skeptical, I think, right. you know. I was skeptical. Again, I didn't have any illusions about mm -hmm. coming here and I'm going to be successful because I am writing this check. Right. You know, I didn't have a, that illusion. I, I took, the, took a look at the school. I knew how I felt, and it felt like a good bet for me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so – uh, they, you know, I was already, uh, you know, 27 or something at that point. Right. So I was an older student here at Full Sail. Been out in the world, kind of, I guess, mm -hmm. like fantasy land. But, <laughs> you know, I'd been out in the world. And so, you know, they were they were skeptical but optimistic. And they were always emotionally supportive. Got you. Know you. I mean? Cool. Yeah. yeah. I, but I, I know that I'm really lucky, you know, for that. And I'm grateful for that. But I know that not everybody has that. Right, right. Absolutely. So um, during like, let's say post graduation, you're about to graduate. What was your your mindset for, for that? Well, like, so you know I, now, as an instructor here, spoiler alert, uh, you know <laughs> got to the end of the story first. Now you know uh, as an instructor here, I have a really clear idea of how I think students should be conducting themselves while they're here, as far as prioritizing and networking and getting repetition on set uh, and networking and networking and networking. But when I was a student here, I didn't get any of that. And so I was not prepared. I didn't go to career development, you know, when I was a student here. And I did not set myself up at all for graduation and what to do. You know, now, I mean, I'll, I'll, beat, I'll beat it into these kids. Right. You know, you should, yeah. you better start worrying about who you're going to call when you graduate. I say it at orientation. I say it every time that I see them. Who are you going to call? No one's calling you. And you have so many opportunities to meet people while you're here. But I didn't do any of that, you know. So I I was, uh, you know, I'd done some research as far as the path I wanted to take. And so I knew about this one internship program, you know, that was like custom designed for exactly what I wanted to do and would be the launching. I knew that how significant it was going to be. And so... You know, I started to get confident when I was here that I was on the right track. And now I could focus all this energy and this kind of, uh, you know, potential. I could finally, like, focus in it. So I started to get really confident. Like, you know, uh, I, also all those nights of schmoozing at those dinner tables with right. people. You know, I was like, let me just get in the room. And, I'm, and it's done. I'm gonna, I'll get the job. You know, I started to get that swagger, you know. And so I went after this internship program. I even, uh, you know, flew myself to Chicago while I was still a student here mm -hmm. to take the written part of the test. And I walked in confident I'm going to pass that. And I did pass the test. And it put me in the, like, top 80th percentile of the people that had applied for the program. And then, uh, you know, I got rejected. Right. Oh. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, that but, – but then I knew I could apply for it another year in another year. And I knew that uh, I was pretty sure that I would be able to get into it, right. you know, at some point. But that's all the work I had really done. So I moved out to L.A. and I didn't know anybody and I hadn't talked to anybody. I had done zero groundwork, 
you know so it was uh, that wasn't that, that did not I did not help myself out by doing right, that and you, now right. you know I can tell my students how to not to do that and how to be as set up as they can as they you know they have the, the ability here to get themselves totally set up and have like a Rolodex of people to call when you're gonna move wherever you're gonna go and that's what you, you need that you need you know people hire who they know there's right. no there's no two ways about it and my students that come in sometimes to meet me and say I don't know anybody I'm just like you know that's your you, like you, you know could me, at least and you know yeah. me and you know more people than you think you right. know, go on full sale you know alumni on Facebook for whatever city you're gonna go to and you, you know more people than you think and this is an important thing you know that we uh, have in common that breaks down barriers as far as you know meeting people and right stuff. but well, I'm, I'm sorry I'm glad you said one thing because um you know with the career development that you didn't like you didn't set yourself up for success not saying you still won't fail but now that's what we're kind of trying to push now like go to career development they have open door Wednesdays they have all these different like opportunities for success and um just by you saying that like just because you don't go to credit development doesn't mean you're a bad person. I mean, you just like it's, it might be a little bit harder for you because you maybe you could have got that hope if maybe you would have been a lot, a lot farther on if you would have went to credit development and everything. So I'm glad you said that because like some students don't go, some students do go, and but we want students to go and try to like you know be successful yeah. and have a backup plan and like don't don't just go to LA and just go out there and not know nobody. At least you want to have at least one person you want to know. When you go out there and now, you know, maybe get help you with a job or something like that. Yeah, so definitely. You, you know, any you, you have to realize, and another thing that I you know tell my students, you you need help. And it's okay to right. admit that you need help or when you start. It's not weakness. It's not a sign that uh, you know you're not going to be successful in the future. Like everybody who is successful got help, and so when you reach out to people for help they remember that they got help and so mm -hmm. it's not it's no sign of weakness and so any advantage that you can get any door that you can crack open and that you know that includes career development that's but i consider that you know like un iron in the fire and you got to have like 50 irons in the fire right. and career development is an awesome iron in the fire but you know if you're the student who is so dialed in and is networking the right way then you bring jobs to career development right. and say, hey, I found out about this job and I want to share it with other students. And now you're talking about doing it the right way. Right. You know what I mean? But yeah, of course you meet with career development and any grad that is on campus at any time, you know, who is in your degree program or not, you know, you should, you know, just be taking advantage of those opportunities. Absolutely. That's, that is making the most of your time at the school. And that is the through line of all of the successful grads, you know, in all the degree programs that they made the most of their time when they were here. And if you're not doing that, you know, you gotta better start doing that. Absolutely, and don't wait till the last month, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> wait till the last minute. Go ahead. Well, what was the, the name of the program, that the internship program that you took? So I had um, diagnosed while I was here at the school and we were experiencing all the film crew positions that assistant director was a good it suited me. It was a good match for my skill set and my personality. And um, that was exciting, too, to find, oh, my gosh, here's a thing. I didn't even know what it was. And, you know, it kind of, like, matches my my skill set. And so um, when I started doing homework about different paths to get, you know, where I ultimately wanted to be, I found out about this thing called the DGA training program. So 
the Directors Guild of America is the movie union that uh, represents directors and assistant directors. And so um, they set up this program in the 60s to uh, train future members, you know. And also, the DGA is traditionally kind of like what you would call old boys club, you know, and so is a lot of old school Hollywood. And so um, the DGA training program wants to take that out of the equation and make sure that we're looking at qualified applicants that are men, that are women, that are uh, every ethnicity and different, you know, uh, and, and different minorities and all that stuff. So in the 60s, they set out to do that. And so they have this application period every year, and then they pick 15 or 20 trainees a year. And these people are now um, part of this training program, and they're placed on a television show or a movie. So the, there's an administrator for the program that will say, hey, Larry, uh, Tuesday, they're, they're waiting for you for your first day on CSI. Okay, so I went, I would report to CSI, and now I'm their trainee for the next 50 days. And so they get a cheap, cheap labor because I get paid less than the other DGA members. And the, the trade-off is they have to, like, teach me, you know, how to be better at this job so that when I am hired as, a, as an assistant director, I'll be trained. I'll be trained Qualified. up. Right. And so... So for 50 days, I would be on that show. And uh, a lot of times, my responsibility would be uh, what's known as running first team. Okay, so on a film or TV show, the actors are known as first team. And they need somebody who kind of greets them when they arrive and makes sure that hair and makeup artists are ready for them and to make sure their trailer is turned on and that the heat is turned on and the air conditioner is turned on. You know, it's not my job to do any of that stuff, right. but it's my, I know who does all of those things. So when the actor arrives and they say, hey, my trailer air conditioner isn't working, you know, I know how to call for that. And somebody's got to be there for that. Right. And so um, then just, you know, getting the actors to sign their contracts and then just making sure that they're, the, that the actors in hair, makeup, and wardrobe, that they're part of the process, they're part of the plan, is going according to schedule. Because it has to coordinate with the plan we made for camera and lighting and all that stuff that's happening in there. Out here, this plan has to all match up with that. So the, the DP, the director of photography, says, I'll be ready with the camera and lighting at 2.30. So now we got to make sure that the actors are ready you know, at that same time right. or a little bit before. So all that kind of coordination. And so... All of that kind of falls under the umbrella of the assistant directors, mm -hmm. but in the case of me being a trainee, my part of it was to make sure that the actors were moving through, you know, their part of the process. Gotcha. And it was pretty cool. I mean, you know, when I worked on CSI, it was the number one show on the planet. Mm. You know, there was like three TV stations at that moment, and uh, this was the number one show. So it was like worldwide phenomenon. Yeah. And you know, Which I just CSI happened to like the original, like multi, original, the original series. one. Yeah. Okay, there I was know only like one at that time. Yeah, okay. That's why they have other ones right, because right. this one was such a you know a, a grand man. slam, mm. and so you know I went from you know I was here, and this is you know maybe a year and a half two later, but I'm knocking on the door of this guy, Billy Peterson, a star of CSI, who you know like many 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 people on the world would like see him and scream and faint and right. stuff like that. I'm like hey <laughs> hey Billy, we're ready for you. So it was exciting and it was cool and I loved you know that part of my job and so. As a trainee, 
Um, I worked that 50 days and I was, it's intense and you're in battle with the rest of the crew, you know, doing this like war plan. Uh, and you know, it's, you, you make intense relationships and you're like thrown into it. And, uh, at the end of the 50 days, you know, you cross over one day with the other trainee that's coming to replace you and you try to like explain to them what the deal is. Mm -hmm. And then the next day I cross over with another trainee on a different show and I did 50 days, you know, on a different show with another group of producers, a different group of actors, a different group of ADs. And so, you know, you kind of learn how to, cause it, that's the way it is. You're freelance, you're moving right, around. Right. You gotta like figure out how to work with these people, you know, pretty much right, right, right. away. And uh, you know, it was interesting to learn like Wednesday on CSI, they could be, oh my God, you're the greatest trainee we've ever had. We love you. We don't want you to go. Please don't go. And then start another show on Thursday and oh. they pull you aside at the end of the day and say, hey, we got to talk, man. You're not really cutting it mm -hmm. around here. You know, this is a really bad start. And so it's pretty, it's, uh, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, yesterday I was a superstar. <laughs> they made a trophy with me on it. And now today, uh, and so that's a really cool lesson to remind my students, you know, mm -hmm. like you're new so many times. Every day you're new because right. it's a new group, it's a new set, it's a new, you know, a uh, bunch of scenarios. And mm -hmm. you got a part of, of uh, getting started is learning how to, to, to do that, you know, right. and, and, and understanding that feeling of yesterday I was a superstar, today I'm a jerk, you know, and yeah. I'm doing the same thing. So that's right. a weird uh, lesson to learn. But at the same time, you're networking too. At the same time, you're meeting all these different people when you're networking, and yeah, that's, that's true. Cool, and yeah. That so so the training program took me two years. You know, it's 400 days of on-the-job training that they provide, and then also we do seminars and stuff right. uh, on Saturdays. So it was it was it was a lot. You know, it was very challenging, but I was so proud. You know, to have gotten into that program. By the way, on the third try, you know, so it was, I got rejected another time. Right. The second time I made it all the way to the very last stage with final interview with the board of directors. And same thing, I got swagger. I walk in there and I'm like, I'm getting this. And I left and I was like, I got that. And they uh. called and said, you did not get that. <laughs> and so, uh, the, but the third time, you know, I got in. And third time I was, the charm. Yeah, man. and you know, to this day that, you know, rec finding that program and recognizing how significant it could be and fighting to get into it, that's the most significant thing that ever happened in my career right. was getting into that program because it, it's prestigious. You know, I meet producers today and, uh, you know, um, we, we talk about, you know, how'd you get in? Because, you know, there's a couple different routes. There's You could be a production assistant and get in. You can work as a non-union assistant director and get in. Or you can work as a trainee and get in. Most people get in as a production assistant. And so, but that's a really long, 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 long road. Okay. And so when a producer finds out I was a trainee, they say, oh, I tried to get into that program three times and I couldn't get in, you know what I mean? So it's a instant kind of prestigious, uh, prestigious thing. Right, right. Yeah. Cool. I think like for your job, you have to be a people person because you're constantly talking and making sure that everybody is okay and I think that's a skill that you have to have. You know, what, what tip do you got for that? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of psychology involved. You know, I have information and I need to pass it to somebody, but I have to take a moment to think about the way that it's about to come out of my mouth to make sure that I cannot be, you know, misinterpreted some way, my tone or whatever. And also, this is a 
a professional person who's in this position for a reason and you know they're right at my same level and so you know there is a lot of psychology involved and right. we you know because my job deals with um, making a plan and logistics you know we have a lot of former military folks that come here through full sale on the GI bill thank you for your service an awesome idea no what good way to good way to use the GI bill you know why not um, and so they see my role on set and think wow that that kind of sounds a lot like the military leading this group of people and making a plan and keeping everybody on time and so sometimes I got to remind them these the film crew is not soldiers you know the film crew is not Marines mm -hmm. uh, who, who you can order around you know these mm -hmm. a lot of these are thin-skinned artistic types you know what I mean that like wear different color socks and stuff like that uh, um, and so you got to like make sure that uh, that they can continue to do their job right if they get butt hurt and derail you know the, the bottom line is we're not filming and that always has to be the plan so there's no time for those situations on set you can't happen yep. you know what I mean? but yeah there's a lot of psychology and um, you know you got to learn how to especially when you're a student, I think, you know, to make sure that everybody thinks that you're somebody they would like to hang out with for long periods of time. Right. And, you know, sometimes that means being the bigger person and not getting uh, involved in uh, some kind of a disagreement. You know, if it's a class project and uh, they say, should the shirt be blue or should the shirt be red? And one student is fighting for the red shirt, and one <laughs> student is fighting for the blue shirt, and it can escalate. You know, it can escalate something stupid like that. And so you got to recognize at that point, it doesn't matter if it's the stupid red shirt or the blue shirt. Not one more person is going to watch this thing that we're making. A and B. You know, I'm not going to. It's not worth fighting for. So let me just like bow out of this because I don't want somebody watching over there to, to, you know, three months from now after we graduate, say, wow, I would really like to recommend that person, but I saw them get all, you know, uh, agitated on set, you know, in the middle of the set. You can't unsee that. And right. that, now you're that guy that, like, fought about the shirt in the middle of the set. So, you know, um, when you're, you know, I don't, I don't kiss people's butts. You know, that's not in any way what I'm saying. I do not. I don't. I don't expect mine to be kissed, and I'm not interested in kissing anybody's. You know, if that was ever going to happen, it would have happened a long time ago, and it didn't happen then. Right. You know, I put my best foot forward. I'm gonna work hard, and none of the BS. You know, I'm always gonna be on time. I'm always gonna be, you know, in a good uh, frame of mind. I'm always gonna look nice and smell nice. Uh, you know, but if you don't like me, then you know that's okay. Uh, but I'm not gonna, you know, kiss anybody's butt. So I'm not. I'm not saying that. But you just gotta be aware of the way that people are receiving you. Mm -hmm. What is my, what are people's perception of me? And whatever, whatever I'm doing right now, do I feel strongly enough about it? If there is somebody over there who maybe says someday they wouldn't want to work with me because of what's happening right now, is it worth it? Do I feel strongly enough about whatever, uh, whatever I'm doing right now in front of this group? But you know, sometimes you just gotta have the discretion to keep your mouth shut and you know, um, the director, uh, Gary Marshall, who's, you know, had the best reputation in Hollywood and unfortunately passed away two, three years ago, something like that. But, you know, um, just an amazing guy, amazing, prolific, hilarious guy. Uh, and he said, you know, the most important thing that he ever learned how to say on set is, you're right, moving on.
Mm. Right. Never that's heard some that. good yeah, advice. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's a good way to end the, you know, the heated conversation. Right, you know yeah. what? You're right. Whatever. Exactly. Right. Person, why why yeah. are we? You know, yeah. right now, what's happening is we're not doing the yeah. artwork. Right. Because we're standing here having this conversation. You know what I mean? But meanwhile, we could have done another take. You know what I yeah. mean? There goes the time we would have had for one take. And now we keep talking about it. There goes the time for two takes. And at the end of the day, you know, all that nonsense is an hour and a half. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, that we could have been putting a better product up on the screen. And, you know, even though I'm not one of the artistic uh, driving forces of the projects that I work on, I'm still a filmmaker. You know what I mean? I'm not like a cyborg or, uh, you know, just a guy that watches his watch and says, hurry up and be quiet. You know what I mean? I'm a filmmaker. Like that, I'm a professional filmmaker. I'm proud to say that, and I'm proud that it's exactly what I came to Full Sail, you know, to to be. And you know, I want my students to have that. Right. But you know, so I still want to put the best product up on the screen, even though I'm not one of the driving forces behind the creative part of the project. You know, I still w understand why I'm there, and I'm there to get the director as many takes as they need to make it the best art project that we can make. Cool. Okay. So um, I got a question. Um, after, after my question, I'm going to let Leah ask if you have anything. If you have anything you want to say. But um, so you're you're still an instructor, right? Full State University, mm -hmm. and you're still in the industry. So between the times, like maybe when you go, go shoot a film, how often are you like still connected with your students and like bringing back information of what's going on in industry to your students? Are you, do you come back like, okay, I did this shoot, and this is what they're doing. You should maybe you should pay attention to this. Can you explain that? Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I'm I feel like the luckiest guy, you know. Um, and I I think I, you know, made my own luck. But as far as the position I'm in, you know, here working here at the school, right? Uh, as a as a Hall of Famer, which is you know still like the best day of my life was the day that I got inducted into the Hall of Fame with my whole family there watching and everything right. like that. So to be a Hall of Famer and to be here every day as an instructor mm -hmm. and to still be, you know, still have one foot, you know, in the industry, you know, it's just, it's an amazing place to be standing and I feel, you know, awesome and valuable. And, you know, I would say that I feel the scale tipping and that foot that's in the industry is getting more into the school. Okay. You know what I mean? Uh, Shaft is the last big major project that I worked on and we we even though that's coming out next month, July fourteenth, by the way. June July? June fourteenth, I'm sorry. Oh, June fourteenth. Okay. At a theater near you. <laughs> so don't move. And I get residuals on that one. So everybody should pay to see it in the theater at least once. Don't go on one, and two, watch three. the credits. That's right. <laughs> don't yeah, go on one, two, three movies and watch it. No. Or pay for Shaft <laughs> and then go see other movies. Right, right. But yeah, that'll be my uh, highest screen credit oh, wow. that I ever got you know if you when the credits start to roll at the end after the cast I'll be the third name that goes back. all right we should, so we should all go watch it pretty stoked yeah. about that so um you know for the most part the kind of movies that I work on there hasn't been major shifts technically you okay. know we put the camera kind of in the same place the light the lights and stuff change but that's not really my department types of fixtures that they use and, and things like that. Um, but yeah, every time I work on a movie, I learn something that I could bring back to the students. You know, as far, there's been shifts in uh, the, the workflow, 
Mm-hmm. There's things that Marvel Studios does as far as their workday that look different, you know. Um, there's uh, Stephen C. Miller, Hall of Famer Stephen C. Miller. He shoots uh, kind of on a different kind of a business model, you know, than, than I'm used to shooting as far as the amount of work that we can do and the amount of time that we have, you know. And so um, I'm just in a, such a good position. I went to go visit Stephen on the set of Escape Plan 2 to see it you know, with my own eyes. So now, you know, I like to go visit a film set, right. even if I'm not working on it, you know, just to, just to hang out and check it out. And so now my, my former students, who are now my grads, are getting me on set, and that's the mm. best, you know. Uh, one of my grads got me on, and my girlfriend on the set of The Walking Dead, wow. you know. And so here, here he is guiding us around, this kid that was, was my student, and now he's like, okay, right over here on the right is this, and here's introducing me to you know, people on the crew that respect him and that recognize what I recognize right. in him, that he's, that he's awesome. And then uh, my girlfriend and I went to L.A. and visited a bunch of former students, and one of them, you know, invited us to his show that he was working on, which is a new um, RuPaul show. Uh-huh. Uh, it's, uh, like Drag Race? No, but, but it's not a reality show. It's a scripted uh, show. Oh, called, oh. It's called AJ and the Queen. And, um, and this kid was working on that, and he invited us my 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 grad you know he invited us and picked us up in a golf cart right. driving us around warner brothers and uh you know so so even on those days when i'm there if i if i learn anything or hear anything of course i can share with the students and it and it, it, it gives me just a an awesome feeling and i feel like you know gravitas when i'm on set and <laughs> i say that's not how you're supposed to do that right. you know yeah. because <laughs> how do i know that's not how you're supposed to do that well here's how you know i'm right. playing over the apes that's not how we did that you know so it feels great, you know. At the same point, um, I recognize that not everybody wants to make the kind of movies that I've worked on, right. and so you know the caveat is always I know about what I know about what I've experienced. And so there's plenty of other instructors here that have bring other experiences to the table, and uh, you know I don't discount that. And I got to remind myself, especially when I first started here, that not everybody wants to work on big giant movies even though that was the only thing I wanted to do. Right. And so now, you know, I, uh, I can tell my students what I know, and if they want to know about a different kind of format, I can usually recommend them to somebody who has more experience. Cool. Yeah, it that. sounds like um, Full Sail University's taking over up yeah. there, huh? <laughs> ah, we, yeah. You know, I'll be honest, when I graduated from the film program, we did not have an awesome reputation. Mm. You know, and there was even some, uh, you know, I heard it, I never bought into it, but don't tell them you went to Full Sail, you know what I mean? I never did that. I've always been proud. I, I, you know, I got what I needed from this place, and I'm proud of that. You know, uh, and so, you know, when there's students that don't have a great experience, but I came here and had a great experience, right. and there's other people that have good experiences, and there are people that have bad experiences. Yeah, you know, like, you got to ask yourself: Is it the school, right, or, or is, is it, it the you? person yeah. not right, right. not yeah. buying into it 100? percent I've definitely seen like a lot of negative stuff about Full Sail before I got here. Yeah, but go ahead, Lee. I feel lucky coming here at a time when we actually do have a really good repu- reputation in the industry right we now. We do, we do. Like now. every most people that I talk to in the industry, are like Full Sail. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, it's a ch- it's a change, you know, and it's grown. And but now, yeah, we do. We are. Right. I mean, uh, there are there's full sailors on every movie, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and even on Shaft, I met some guys that were full sail guys I didn't even know. Right. And then we were working together, and I didn't even know they had gone to full sail, but we just you know started talking about it. So right. yeah, yeah, we're 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 definitely out there. You some, you get some of those guys like, yeah, I didn't have to go to school to do this. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Like, all right. <laughs> well, I mean, it's partially due to people in your graduating right, right. era 
And also just like hearing from your experiences, like even though I don't want to be an AD or go into that sort of world, you've even taught me things. Like randomly, I remember you told me how boom ops uh, have a certain little uh, like seat that they, they carry around with them. Which I carry mine around too. Yeah. Spool for your booms. <laughs> exactly. Your boom yeah. And it's just cool hearing little tidbits about what it's like working on like major feature films, which I don't know if I'll do that, but we'll see. <laughs> you know, uh, it's not for everybody. And yeah. you... Um, whatever you know, whatever opportunities present themselves, you go at full force at them, and you know the first door that opens up is usually not the door of your dreams, mm -hmm. but you networked some door to crack open, and uh, you dive through there with gusto, and you say, "I think I might want to do this thing," but obviously I have to take this opportunity right now, and um, you do all the kind of soft skills. You show up early. You have a great attitude, body language. You're coachable. Uh, and so even if that wasn't the door that you wanted to pop open, your job is at the end that they beg you to come back. Right. And, you know, they're, they're going to beg you to come back because you did an awesome job. And so now all of a sudden you're like kind of on a path. You know, maybe it's not exactly what you had in mind, but you got to like check it out and you got to acknowledge, wow, I got this door to pop open. So let me see, do I want to continue down this road or do I want to bail out and kind of start back? Uh, at the beginning and see if I can get another door to pop open. Either And either way, it's, it's not a wrong call. You know, there's no like right or wrong. It's your journey. It's your career and it's going to be like circuitous and you're going to accidentally go backwards and you're going to fall in a hole. You're going to like climb out or maybe there's a subterranean level that you didn't know about, you know. So, yeah. um, you know, that's cool. Uh, maybe it w maybe you will and maybe you won't. Like you said, yeah, whatever door cracks open, you might say, wow, this is cool. I'm going to do this the rest of my life. That's right. why I'm really open. Yeah. as far as um, what I want to do. And I feel like that's definitely a tip for most people who are graduating like right now. Like Most people are trying to like hone in on a specific career, but it might be better to spread out a bit more and go to different aspects of film because there's so m much more than just features. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, there are some students that know exactly what they want to do, and there's some that don't know. And either way, I think that's cool. Yeah. You know, if you don't know, I think, like you said, it gives you a little bit more uh, leeway for uh, opportunities. You know, if you if you have blinders on, you might, you know, you not see a couple yeah. of doors pop open because you said, I want to do that. I want to do that. But meanwhile, you know, you're at home and you say, I'm a DP. I'm a DP. That's what I mean. But, you know, <laughs> you're watching The Price is Right. <laughs> and you could have, you know, been a craft service assistant for that day right. or an extra or something. But no, I'm a DP. I'm a DP. I'm watching Family Feud, but I'm a DP. You know, so um, in some ways, I think you know it's better if you're not super honed in on exactly what you want to do. Right. But whatever your first opportunity is, I bet that you networked your way into that. You got somebody to put your resume at the top of the pile, because besides that, they're all like identical when you guys graduate. Right. So you got to get it on the top of the pile. That's the most important thing. Spark has actually helped some of us do that. <laughs> yep. Awesome. Yeah, any <laughs> advantage, any opportunity that you got, you have to take that, you know. Yeah. You got to hedge your bets. It's super competitive. Right. Did you uh, work on a lot of sets or do a lot of extracurricular things at, when you were here? Not as much as I tell you guys I'm sure to it's do. changed a lot, the program, but... I think, you know, I did uh, some outside projects, and I, I hung out in Orlando after graduation. And I got hired actually on it to AD a short film, right. so that was my first, you know, professional gig, uh, fifty bucks a day, you know, and so I stuck around here for a little while, 
but not much, not as much as I should have. And now, you know, I think that's the most important thing. You know, um, that's definitely one of my main kind of criteria for the students that I think are going to be successful. That I look, you know, I look around, and I might, you know, I might visit this set in this class, and then I'm the next week on another set in a different class, and then I might stop by and see that they're filming in the hallway on something. Right. And you know, they're all different classes and all different groups, but I'll see a couple of of students that are on all of those. You know what I mean? And it's not their class, and somehow they knew about all of those opportunities and i don't know how they did mm -hmm. but and other students might say i didn't know about it but well yeah. somebody knew about right, it right. And so there's a way to figure it out and so for me you know that's always been my kind of benchmark for who's going to be successful i've seen them everywhere on every set i think that they're doing the right thing while they're here and i don't know what that person's grades are or what their attendance mm -hmm. is or any of that stuff and i've never seen their student film and you know but to me, it's the it's the other thing of just putting yourself in the right place. And Leah is definitely one of those people. She's like, right. go to sound mixer on you know that's the first call you make if you need a sound mixer. Thank you. Know, you. On the student film, you know she she volunteers at BTS, and so you know that's one of the things I tell those kids when they come through on BTS when I kind of lead the tours. I'm like, you look around. It's Sunday, and our students are here, and they don't have to be here. You know, these are the students that chose to be here to get more hands on the equipment, right. to get more experience. You know, that is doing the right thing. Where's everybody else? You know, it's not like we have to push yeah, people away from BTS yeah. because it's so competitive. Right. You know, we got to like find more people. people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We got to find people. They're home playing, so, um, what is it? What's that Fortnite. game called? Fortnite and stuff. Right. Just yeah. waking up from Saturday, <laughs> Saturday night. <laughs> I remember, Four in the afternoon. <laughs> I remember the first day that I met you, I was a door PA and probably one of the first sets at Full Sub, probably in like month two or so, and I was like, oh my gosh, it's Larry Katz. I gotta <laughs> like... <laughs> did, I did I yell at you at all? No, you you just asked me if they if we were filming. <laughs> and I was like, he's like the second dir uh, assistant director dude. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> but I didn't like, I don't know, I guess that's another tip as far as networking. Like, don't be afraid to talk to people because like after all, you're just like... Another instructor, you know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, and, and Hall of Fame is coming up. Yes. Uh, is it, will this uh, be broadcast before or after uh, Hall um, of Fame? Hopefully before. Before. Yeah. Hopefully I try before. Yeah. We still got like Leslie, Tremaine, a lot of other people, but yeah, we're trying to give some space. We don't want to bombard everybody with the podcast, but. Understood. Yeah. Well, um, you know. We still could talk about it. Hall of Fame yeah. for me is uh, the most important week of the whole year for the students. You know, we got this group of people on campus and you know the only reason that they're here is because they want to help they want to help out right and they're not celebrities okay they're just people that sat in these same chairs that you guys are sitting in you know where are we building two yeah actually in this yeah. building mm -hmm. yeah. you know because I went out to full when I came to full sale it was building one and building two there was no bridge you know that was uh Albertsons and fantastic Sam's over there so you know th these are these are not celebrities these are people that sat in these same chairs who are you know just as awkward and unsure and anxious uh you know as you feel that's what they felt like and so the only reason they're here is because they want to help not for it's you know it's not like they nobody paid them to come back here it's not like a comic con where they got to sit there and talk to people they, they want to help you so you don't ever be nervous about approaching somebody but at the same point you gotta you gotta recognize that the the full sale connection gives you access to this person that you wouldn't normally have. So there's a couple of doors that get knocked down just because we have this full sale connection. Okay, so now you have access to this person that you wouldn't have had before. And that's incredible. 
that's that's so valuable. So now you got to, but now you got to be strategic about how you're gonna proceed with that person. Right. Okay, because you have this this unprecedented access. But what do you do next? Could make or break it. Okay, so you know, again, here's this person that wants to help you, and if you proceed in the right way, that's it. You got a, you got a, a member of your network. You got an advisor now. Okay, so how do you like what's kryptonite? Hey, nice to meet you. Will you watch my reel or will you listen to my song? If that's how you lead off, that's like kryptonite. No, I don't want to listen to your song. You are a student. I'm sure that it's got potential and it's very nice. But really now when you are a student is when you want to show me your work. Mm -hmm. Don't you think it's going to get better in a year? What about in two years? What about in four years? How much better are you going to be embarrassed by what you're about to play me? You know, so no, I don't want to listen to your music or watch your reel. That's not what networking is about. What do you think is going to happen? That I'm going to listen to that and go, wow, my God. Hey, bring the private jet. We got to pick him up. That's it. Class is canceled. We're going. You know, like you got to be realistic about that. Yeah. Well, I guess I got to put my song up. No, man. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> wants to hear that. Nobody wants to listen to that, man. I I'm going to play it right after this. You but, got, you so, <laughs> so you walk up to me, and here I am. I'm in a good mood, and I know that I'm here to help, and there's a student, and maybe this will be somebody that I can really help. And if that's how you lead off, that's it. It's over. Right. You, lo- you lost it. You took that access, and you you know, shot it with a, with a fire extinguisher. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's yeah. not the way to proceed. Okay, you just gotta be, but you, you just gotta be prepared. Who am I about to talk to? What have they done? Let me do my homework. Let me read their bio. Right. Oh, they did a they did a a, seminar, a panel last year at Hall of Fame. Let me just take this hour and watch it and see what they said, so they don't ask them something that they already answered. You know what I mean? And 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 if I ask them that, they'll graciously answer that question. But in the back of their head, they're thinking, I already answered this. If this person was prepared then I wouldn't have to answer this question. And so then they might make some kind of a judgment about you based on that. Where right. do I categorize this person? Whereas you walk up and say, hey, I watched your video, and it was really interesting that you said blah, blah, blah. And then it leads you to like a better question. And now you, know, you have your opportunity, and you said something that that person wasn't expecting that you know, shows that you did some homework, that you have some passion. And then you finish the conversation. You don't ask for anything. You don't say, watch this, or here's my card. You say, "Let me. can I have your contact information? And then mm. when you follow up with them in a couple of weeks, you say, hey, remember me? I'm the one that asked blah, blah, blah. And then we'll remember because it was a good question. And now you start about talking about forming a relationship with that person. Right. Okay, and that's what networking is about. It's not about what can you do for me or listen to this. You know what I mean? Um, the wor- wor- worst thing that you can walk up to s- them and, s- and say, um, and so this has happened to me. And, you know, again, I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm going to meet some people that maybe I can help. Maybe I can guide somebody. And they walk up, and I'm in a good mood. And here's this kid, and they're smiling back at me, and they say, what have you worked on? <laughs> All right, I'm not a, a, I'm not a celebrity, mm-hmm. okay? I don't expect people to walk up to me you know, on the street and say, wow, Larry Katz, you were the second AD on X-Men. Wow, I saw your extras in the background. That was really good. Can I have your autograph? Like, I know that's not going to happen. I don't expect that. But here, you know, I'm here. I made time. You have access. That, that can't happen. So even, you know, if you're in the halls of Hall of Fame and here comes somebody walking at you, you don't know who it is exactly, just take a minute and Google 
and look them up and c- get a couple of buzzwords, find a couple of things that they mm-hmm. worked on. And now when you walk up to them, you just like <clears throat> faking it, but at least you look smarter. I do that all the time. I fake it so that I look smarter than I really am. And it's so easy, and I don't understand how people don't do that. You know, if, uh, if, somebody, like, if somebody like me is talking to somebody like you, and I say a name definitively, definitively like Stephen C. Miller or Darren Bowsman, you know, you gotta recognize that I expect you to know who that is. So don't say, who? <laughs> just say, oh yeah, Stephen Miller. And then go, and look it up real quick and just, you know, act like you knew who mm-hmm. that was. You know, you, gotta, you guys gotta, everyone's gotta learn how to play the game a little bit. Right. And there is a, it is a little bit of gamesmanship. You know, what do you do with that access? You know what I mean? You could, this could like make your career or it could just go and be nothing. So uh, think about what you want to say. Make sure that you're prepared, that you've researched that person. And then the last tip is, um, you know, so I inhabit a narrow corner of film production. And once you get on bigger projects, everybody's in the union. And so everybody has a a specific, uh, you know, like list of things they're allowed to do on set. And it's ridiculously departmentalized. You know, like if I was sitting here and this was the set and I'm the assistant director and the director says, hey, I would like to move that microphone four inches camera left. Okay, I know what, how far that is. I know what a microphone is and I know where camera left is. But I'm standing right here. I have to call somebody. Hey, set deck, can you guys please come in and move this microphone three inches camera left? And then they got to come in and do it. That's how departmentalized and specialized things are. So I know a lot about a, a narrow amount of stuff in film production. Right. And there is all the other stuff that I don't know anything about it. And so here comes the student, wants to ask me something, and I'm excited to share what I know. I'm excited to be able to help this person. And then they ask me, and it's something that I don't know anything about, about, hey, what camera would you prefer to use? Or, you know, so just some some technical question that's not in my technical field. Right. And okay. now I feel bad. I felt good, but now I feel bad because I don't know the answer, first of all, and that's a little deflating. And yeah. second of all, I could tell that this person didn't take the time to figure out a good thing to ask me. You know what I mean? So if you approach with some confidence, you've done your research and you're prepared, you have a good question to ask, you know, you know, you make it insightful again, like show that I did the homework. Hey, I was watching your video and you said, blah, blah, blah. Or, Hey, I read this article that you, your, this interview that you did three years ago on billboard magazine. And I found it really interesting that you said, blah, 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 blah. you know, and I wanted to follow up on that. It's, it's easy. It's easy, but you know, not everybody does that. Yeah, that's, that's true. I think. Yeah, I remember my first Hall of Fame, I didn't really know what I was doing yet in film, and I didn't know any of the Hall of Famers. So I saw Gary Rizzo was there, and I was like, hmm, who is he? He just so happened to be re- the re-recording mixer in, like, all my favorite movies ever. <laughs> He's our two-time yeah. Academy Award winner. Exactly, yeah. now, now I know, of course, but in those, like, 30 minutes I spent Googling him, I actually ended up talking to him <coughs> and learning quite a bit. And he's definitely been pretty inspirational in, like, the way that I've actually gone in my career, oddly <laughs> enough, even though I had no idea about anything. Have you met him? Have you met him? Oh, yeah, that was, like, the time okay. that I met him and got the chance to, like, have a conversation. And He's coming. This time around, yeah, I know. He's a, he's a really good friend, you know. 
So I yeah, will that's... tell you guys, uh, <clears throat> there's a secret project. With Gary Rizzo? S- Secret there's a secret project, project okay. that the Hall of Famers are working on. Okay. Oh. All the Hall of Famers? Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm, this mm. Is, this is, you guys got the... You heard it here first. <laughs> okay. You heard it there's here a first. secret yeah. project, and it's not necessarily a movie. Okay. And it will be revealed Hall, Hall of Fame, Fame week. Mm. So you guys got to be there. Yeah, be yeah. there. Yeah. Do you That's know exactly what day? Exactly what day um, it is? I think uh, maybe... The ceremony? Maybe around the ceremony. ceremony. Okay. Okay. Cool. So I have you a, guys, you'll know it when you see it. Okay. So I have another question. Um, do you, um, so I'm I'm f- a little familiar with the union, IATI. Um, do you st- steer students that way to IATI or well, is that is, is so LA? I, so IATI is a different movie union. So mine right. is the DGA, and IATI is a different one. And mm-hmm. then there's also Screen Actors Guild and okay. Writers Guild, and so there's a bunch of different. Uh, unions. So, <clears throat> you know, IATSE is um, International Alliance of Theatrical and Stage right. Employees. And so it's not just uh, movie, you know, uh, craftsmen, it's craftsmen and, you know, stage shows and all kinds of productions and stuff like that. Right. So, um, you know, not everybody needs to join the union. It just depends on what kind of projects you want to work on. And so it's not a benchmark. You know, that everybody, you know, I, I got in the union and so I have now arrived or, you know, now uh, I'm successful because I got in the union. You know, there's a lot of non-union film productions going on. And so you got producers that don't want to pay union rates. They don't want to work with the union. And there are, there's plenty of extremely skilled non-union film crews out there. Right. And so... You know, uh, if you want to work on the kind of movies that I want to work on, that I work on, then yeah, you got to be in IATSE. But gotcha. not, it's not necessarily something that everybody's going to do or need to do. Right. You know, it, and you know, there's there's pros and cons to joining a union. You know, um, the union doesn't find you work. So if you got in the union tomorrow, well, great, but nobody's going to hire you because nobody knows you. Right. So that that time where you're working towards getting in the union is important for getting yourself known in that film community as well as getting experience, you Absolutely, know? Yeah. So, uh, you know, it de- you know, I'm, I'm a proud, uh, union member since 2002 and, uh, you know, um, to work on the movies that I work on, you know, every single person on set is in the union except for the production assistants. Right. You know, everybody is in a union. So if that's what you want to do. Then yeah, you're going to end up getting in. Cool. Yeah. Because when you said, um, like, when they say they need, them, they might need a mic move three inches to the left. Like anybody, nobody can't just touch it. You just have to be that specific department could come here. You could be sitting there like, I need that mic move. You're like, I can't touch it. Like yep. this is not my <laughs> job. And you have to call somebody that's like ten minutes away. Like, hey, I need you to move this mic. They wouldn't be that far. Away, but. <laughs> but not yeah. that. Yeah, but, but yeah. But yeah, so. and and you know, it seems silly, and mm-hmm. it's not like militant. Like if I move it, I'm not gonna, you know, uh, it's it's not like the end of the world right. or anything like that. But you know, there's reasons why. Um, you know, first of all, you know, I'm the assistant director. I worry about a lot of other stuff. So maybe I don't know that when they filmed part of the scene two weeks ago, mm-hmm. the microphone was here. And that person whose only job it is is to wrangle set dressing on set right. would know that it wasn't there. And that, that will be a mistake. That would be the coffee cup, you know, mm-hmm. if we move that microphone. So that's why you got to let me do that. Gotcha, you know? yeah. So it kind of makes sense. And there's, o- there's other reasons why. You know, it's not exactly that ridiculous, but it is kind of that ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, I might call that person and say on the walkie-talkie and say, "Hey, we got to move the microphone three inches, camera left. I'm right here. You know, is it okay for me to do that?" But I would always at least ask. Right. 
Okay. Like the the whole time, like you're talking, I'm like, when do you sleep? Because you're instructor, um, mentor. Um, you do big budget movies, big film, and personal life is like, when do you like well, rest? It's, it's a lot easier now here at the school, you know, than it used to be when I was working full time in in film production. So you know, uh, when you're when you're in it. This is a lifestyle, you know, it's not a job. Yeah. You know, can't be, you're with the people at work more than you are with anybody else, you know, so that's not a job, that's your life, you know what I mean? So it is all encompassing and pretty immersive and, you know, I was uh, single the whole time, pretty much that I was working in film production, so that made, that simplified things for me, but plenty of people have families and they just have to make it work, you know, but, because that's what it is. Again, you know, the kind of stuff that I work on, that's what it is. Um, but you don't need that much sleep, you know. <laughs> six <laughs> hours. Six so hours I, is where you got to learn to live. You I know? just seen that's that a video a couple of days ago with Steve Harvey. He was saying, um, like, well, he was saying rich people. He's like, rich people don't sleep. They're like, they survive enough for, like, less than eight hours of sleep. And mm -hmm. there's people sleeping eight hours a day. Maybe, I'm not saying, like, you can't sleep because you need your health. You need to make sure your body's right. But I understand what he was saying, but he got a lot of, like, Backlash up for that. For this, saying, like, don't sleep. For this career, you know, this is a very special, special circumstance. Right. What this is is, you know, five to six hours of sleep is what you got to learn how to live on because that's right. what it's going to be, and you got to learn how to function. And your body is fine on that. You know, your body is fine. So now you now it's an attitude adjustment. Are you really serious about this? Mm -hmm. Because this is just mind over matter. You know what I mean? When when my alarm goes off at three in the morning or whatever, you know. Um, that's wretched time to wake up, all right? But, you know, it's up to me. Do I uh, hit snooze, blah, and then I get out of bed, I'm blah, you know, like a zombie. You know, I just think this sucks. I just want to go back to bed. Or I hear that alarm, and I just put my feet on the floor, and I put a big fake smile on my face. No one will be able to see it, but it looks like this. <laughs> I could see the look. And then I go I go about my day and that's it. Cause that's this is the life that I've chosen right. it to excel in it. That's what it takes. Attitude. You know, not the skills aren't that hard. All right. The skills aren't that hard and you're gonna learn them here, but that doesn't mean anything, you know. How you know, how do you back it up with your attitude? Right. And so, you know, um, there's as far as I'm concerned, and I've have read some science recently that would dispute it. I don't think that there's any such thing as a morning person, all right? That's an attitude adjustment. Right. You know, my genetics says that I have, you know, freckles and that I have brown eyes. Genetics doesn't say it's hard to wake up at four in the morning. That's an attitude adjustment, you know? And so I told myself a long time ago that I, I can wake up anytime. Anytime you need me, I can wake up and I'm going to have a good attitude about it. You know, what's the point? of having that negativity about it. You know, it's not built in, it's a choice. Right. I choose to not have a negativity. And when I show up at set at 4.30 in the morning and I'm in a good mood and it's mostly sincere, you know, maybe 50-50, <laughs> fake and, you know, sincere. I'm trying to like fake myself out mm -hmm. at that time. Yeah, I'm in a good mood, yeah. I'm in a good mood. <laughs> no, you're not. No, yeah, I am, I am. Uh, and so when I have a good mood at 4.30 in the morning and uh, there's other people that are walking around like zombies on set, but I'm like, hey, good morning. How's it going? We're making movies. It's going to be great. You know, uh, I think that's 
a big reason why my phone keeps on ringing. Right. Not because of my awesome skills on set, but I'm somebody who people want to be around for 18 hours a day. You know, and that's, I think, what it's all about. Right. That was one main thing that um, I've been told as I'm looking for jobs. It's like, be teachable, be the person that somebody wants to be around for 12 hours, and then the skills will come to you. Of course. Right. We know when you're new that you are have limited experience and that your skill level is low because you're brand new. Yeah. You know, and a lot of these, a lot of this, these jobs, it's just, you know, it just takes repetition. You can set up a, a microphone faster when you've done it 10,000 times than you can than when you've done it 10 times or 20 times or 50 times or 100 times, 10,000 times, and now I could do it in the dark with, the, with my eyes closed, you know? And so there's no um, shortcut to get that experience. And so when we hire you and you're new, we know that you're not gonna be as fast and that you're not gonna have that, uh, the, the uh, you know, um, and be able to see what's coming down the road. Uh, what's the word I'm thinking about? Uh, I can't remember. Initiative? No. To uh, anticipate. You, you know, you, that's, and that, that's what makes you very valuable. When you can start to anticipate. When you know what's going to happen before it happens. Sure. And there's no shortcut to getting there except repetition and repetition and work, 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 year after year after year to get there. So when I hire you and you're new, I recognize that you're not going to be as fast. You're not going to be able to anticipate things yet. So yes, I'm hiring you because you're coachable and because you're not gonna make the same mistake more than once and because you're gonna own up to it and most importantly, because I can tolerate you for 12 hours at a time. All right, so um, this segment of the podcast is called Horror Story, <laughs> where, where our guest <laughs> gives us a horror story situation that happened in, for your case in, on set or, you know, that maybe our listener can learn from? Well, I, I mean, you know, I've seen some pretty horrible things on set, but, you know, I can um, talk about a misstep in my career, you know, that made me feel pretty horrible. So, you know, and it, and it's teachable for my students because the, le the, the moral of the story is that on set, we're all freelance. Nobody's on a contract, you know, and we're all engaged in you know, challenging physical activities. You know, even if you're not like running, you're standing for 15 hours, you're walking on uneven terrain if we're shooting outside. And so battlefield promotions are very common in film production. Somebody gets hurt or somebody gets, somebody gets fired or quits. And now all of a sudden you got hired in one category, but now because you're there and we know you, hey, you're now, you're now the sound mixer. Mm -hmm. You know, but I got hired as sound utility. I know, but you're now the sound mixer. You know, that could totally happen. Yeah. And so you gotta be, you gotta know what your boss's job is. You gotta like, from day one, you know, really worry about that. And so, uh, you know, I was uh, in, in my job path, you start off as a second, second assistant director. You know, you, why not third? I don't know, but they call it a second, second assistant director. And then you move up to one of the real pivotal jobs on the whole film crew, which is key second assistant director, which is what I, what I am now. And then we grew up to be first assistant directors. And so, you know, there's a, there's a, a, a difference in responsibilities and, um, and, you know, kind of importance of that position. And it's a big step from second second to key second. And so I was working as a second second, and I thought I was paying attention. And then 
a friend of mine called me and said, I'm doing a pilot and we want you to be the key second. And I said, yeah, sure, no problem, you know, because I wanted to, you know, you can't say no to that opportunity. I needed that, take that step at some point. But, you know, I just was not prepared. I didn't do my homework. I could have been much more prepared. And when I showed up for the first time on the pilot, you know, I didn't know what to expect. And, you know, that's terrifying. You know, when you step into a new situation and you don't know what to expect, you know, that is that causes mucho anxiety, like off the chain anxiety. And so another, you know, lesson for students is find out what to expect. So you're doing a pitch for your film script to um, some instructors here at the school and you want yours to get picked for the final project. I think it's ludicrous if you don't talk to the student that did it last month and know exactly what happens when you go into that room. What are they gonna say? Who's in there? Where did you sit? You know, as much as you know, when you walk in, now you don't have that uncertainty. Now you don't have that anxiety. And now you're so much more prepared and so much more confident. So in anything, I, you know, it's kind of cheating, not really. It's not fraud, it's not cheating. It's being prepared, you know? And if you don't take that step, I think it's just ridiculous. You know, if there's students that are pitching a, a, a film script and they, and they haven't found out what to expect in that room, you know? Or, and that goes for anything, for an interview, for a company, you gotta find out somebody that I interviewed for before, you know? And find out what happens when you go in that room. And now you don't have that anxiety. And now you're confident. When you're confident, you walk in like you own the place and you got a much better chance at it. So I didn't do any of that and I walked into this production office and I didn't know what to expect and I was way over my head and I was drowning. And then people started to notice that. Mm -hmm. And so then they asked me, hey, you're drowning. Do you want us to find somebody else? And it was very embarrassing for me to say, yes, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't wanna screw this up. You know, you should get somebody else. And so they did hire somebody else and then, you know, I mean, I guess it was cool, but they offered to let me stay on in the other position. So I moved down one, but they didn't say you're fired or you screwed up by taking this job. So, and it was very, my, I wanted to not take it and just be embarrassed and hang out at home and hide because I really screwed up, you know, in front of a bunch of people. I said I could do something and then I couldn't do it. That, you know, that had never happened before, like maybe my whole life. And so, but I, I, re I recognized that you know, when you screw up, you own up to it, and you gotta like instantly forget about it, kinda. You know, it's like, cause you're gonna fail, you're gonna make mistakes. It's inevitable. It's not a bad thing. That's how you get better. That's how you get smarter. Right. The smartest people in the world want to fail. It's early, so that they can learn and they can get better. It's a, there's a stigma about failure that it's like a negative, bad thing, but it's like inevitable and part of the process of you getting better. And so, you know, I recognized it and I accepted the lower position and I stuck it out. You know, even though I was embarrassed to even see those people, you know what I mean? Um, they saw enough in me and thought enough of me to say, you know, we want to still, we still want you to be around. You know, we're not just going to say, forget it and cut ties. Right. You know, so that was a very humbling experience, you know. Um, yeah. I think it's important to ask for help when you need it. Like, it would have been so much worse had you been like, no, I don't need anybody, and then just floundered. Mm -hmm. They probably let you stay on because they recognize, okay, <laughs> he realizes that he needs somebody to step in. I was, I was grateful that they let me, but, you know, uh, 
looking back, I could have avoided that whole embarrassing situation right. if I just sort of yeah. got, you know, allowed myself to get better prepared, you know, leading up to it. Okay. But the next time I was offered a promotion, I was ready, you know, and that, that, so there's a lesson, you know, that, that made me smarter. Right. That'll yeah. never happen. That'll never happen again. You know, you I can recognize it. Yeah. If I'm not ready, you know, can I get ready in time? Can I fake it? And if the answer is no, then I don't want to put myself in that position again. Right. Yeah. I think that's a good point because um, even for me, like I know a lot of students want to just get out of full cell and just jump right there, right in there and say, oh yeah, I can do this, I can do this. And maybe not necessarily know how to do it. They just want the opportunity to see the opportunity they wanted. And they might put themselves in a situation like that where they really can't do it. But, you know, it's just, you know, it's just one yeah. of those things. Is like if, if you can pull you it off, it, yeah. you know, you might, it might be good, but right. you got to really... Think about it. And think about right. is it a good bet or not. Yep. So um, let's talk about, like, your students and their success and them graduating. Do they, like, um, call you when they have a problem or, you know, how is that communication with your students? Well, I so, that? you know, when I first started uh, working here as an instructor, you know, and um, I don't have an education background. So I'm a filmmaker, but I reckon I recognize that I'm not an educator, and so I knew I needed some guidance in that department. And so there's there's a couple guys that are still instructors here or still work at Full Sail that were teachers when I was here, and um, that I really admired and respected. And one is Tim Gregory, and now Tim is in charge of all the uh, orientations and yeah. all that, and mm -hmm. gives talks at graduation and stuff like that. He was my first teacher I ever had when I was here. All the degree programs had Tim, and he was just such a cool teacher and such a great instructor. You know, he's he's become a bit of a mentor. Uh, and then um, Hunter Menning, uh, if you've ever heard of Hunter, he's a legendary RA instructor. Like all of these dudes that are toting around all of these Grammys all talk about Hunter. So I didn't have him as a teacher, but everybody talked so highly of him. I sought him out, and I was like, hey, you know, I want I want to get better at that part of it. And so they asked me to start speaking at orientation. And I love I loved that to be able to speak to all the students, you know, before they even start. And Hunter told me, you need a call to action when you, when you present to these students. He said, you should put your email address up there. And I was thinking to myself, man, I just started at the school and I want to help, but I don't want to answer 6,000 emails a day. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he's like, don't worry about it. And so the first time I put it up there, and it was maybe an orientation with like 500 people, and I put it up there and I said, hey, I'm, I want to help you guys. Here's my email. Uh, if you like what I said at orientation or if you want any more information about how, about how I think you should proceed to be successful, here's my email. And I heard from one person. Mm. And so I put myself out there at, you know, before classes even start, and now in my, in my lectures that I give, I give, you know, I don't teach a class uh, here, but I give guest lectures in a couple of the other uh, courses. And, and each one I put my email address up and say, contact me, I'm real, I wanna help you guys, I'll help anybody, here's my email. And you know, very, very few students take me up on that. And the ones that do, you know, it's just kind of like the networking that I've been describing to you guys. I'll, I'll, and it's not just film students, it's students from other degree programs too. And, I, and if they start a relationship with me and then they follow up, I, I love it. And I talk to them and I give them guidance and we, you know, 
I got uh, at any point maybe you know like 20 or 30 students that are kind of in a regular rotation as current students that I keep in touch with and will you know uh, talk to them and help them any way that I can you know stuff that I know about networking or about planning their student project or whatever uh, and and now you know since I've been working here as a teacher for five years that's turned into you know a, a cool group of friends now not students you know but friends that are in the business that I speak to regularly and you know my I get texts at you know three or four in the morning and my girlfriend's not worried that you know I'm messing around she knows that it's <laughs> one of my students that's on set that doesn't know what something is or wants to send me a picture of them with Steve Carell or whatever mm. you know so you know um, I see all of the film students a couple of times in lectures and labs and on set and uh, you know anybody that wants to take me up on on my offer of of helping them you know are become the ones that I really get connected with and then when they graduate those are the ones that I can crack doors open for them because I know them you know I can't just because you went to full sale doesn't mean I can recommend you for right. something yeah. I don't know you might be a maniac or <laughs> lazy or you have, might have a terrible attitude you know I can't recommend you just because you went here but if we've been corresponding every couple of months since you're here and we go grab a coffee and we talk and you know you tell me about what you're doing and about the projects that you're working on and and I can tell you when a Hall of Famer is going to be around that you might want to meet and then I can connect you you know now when you graduate now I feel like I know this person and I could recommend them and I could make a phone call and say hey you know I would hire this person if I was hiring so you should at least meet them and that um, you know has really become my true joy around here is those connections so I'm like half education half career development with the amount of students that I've been able to uh, not hire but just open doors and present opportunities. And, um, and it's really a really cool and unique feeling, you know, to know that there's, there's my students working with my friends that I've known in the business for 20 years uh, on set right now, you know. It's pretty cool, pretty cool. Yes, it is. All right, so we're, we're coming to an end. No. Um, yeah. Larry, like about an hour, how, huh? Yeah, our podcast is getting longer and longer. We started with like 20 minutes. And now <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. You should have given me that yeah. coffee before we started. <laughs> we that hit like an hour fired up. That's cool. <laughs> Shot out of a cannon. Yeah, so we would like to uh, thank um, Jess, our photographer. Yeah, thanks, Jess. John, um, who left earlier. Our for producer. Taking, our producer, John. Um, Denise with the two last names. Denise. <laughs> <laughs> and Leah for stopping by. Um, oh, Larry. Uh, oh, before we go, you know, we get a lot of. I wouldn't say hate mail, but you know we get, we we audio guys, so guys and girls, so we get a lot of audio people on the podcast. But they're like, "Where you gonna get some film people on there? Where you gonna get every cast?" And I'm like, "Okay, so we listen to the people, mostly Lee and Rick." <laughs> yeah, it was Rick and I that started writing names <laughs> on the board. Yeah, like. they, they put all the all the film instructors on the board. I was like, "Okay, like okay, um, because we gotta get some film, we yeah, gotta get some film people on the um podcast too." But I'm I'm glad that you came on there. It was really um yeah. really good talking to you. Yeah, I, I learned. I don't know. Well, the listener, I hope you learned something too. But I learned a lot. <laughs> right. Yeah. Learned. And um, Brennan, her, he says hello. Oh, that's a good guy. I talked to him today. Oh yeah. He told he told me just came. I'm like yeah, we got Larry Larry on the podcast today. Yeah, tell him I say hey. he wanted me to ask you a question, but she already answered it. Okay. He, he wanted me to ask you um. So what projects have you worked on? Oh yeah. But because you know that you don't. <laughs> 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 but you since you already said question. that, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not gonna, yeah. I'm not gonna. So say what that. have you worked on? Oh, yeah. it's just like you get deflated. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he say like he hates that question. So, 
But yeah, he's Brandon's a good off. kid. Look out for that guy, man. Yeah, yeah we worked with him. Like he's a good editor. We worked on worked on him with um, what is it? Um, Crossroads. Yeah, Crossroads Corral. Yeah, yep. Crossroads Corral. So yeah. Keith and can, I did the post audio, and he was editing the video. Yeah. Oh, cool. If he if, if he can, uh, you know, the other one last thing we didn't talk about is just consistent, being consistent. Right. So yeah. you got to be awesome. You got to do all the things that we talked about, and it has to be consistent. Right. And so, uh, Brandon. Brandon, you're off to a great start. Right. Now, if you can stay consistent, then uh, I would say there's no stopping him. Right. If he falls off, then we'll see. And I'm sorry the Sixers lost too the other day. <laughs> he's, a six, he's a big he's Sixers fan. We made him talk about sports all the time. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. I think, yeah, and you guys, um, the listeners, you know, that Hall of Fame, like Larry was giving a whole bunch of tips. Oh, yeah, don't forget for about ha- that, that for top Hall of Fame. secret. Yeah, top, oh, and the top secret um, announcement. Yep. So don't forget about that. Not and to mention the most important thing is that the career networking event is on Monday. Monday yeah. And all of the companies that are going to be there are on CareerSync. Or oh, I don't know yeah, if all the um, grads have access to that. Uh, I had the list. Um, I don't know if we should say it. Can we name the people that's going to be there? I'm, I'm sure. Um, this green bag over here? Remember the list? If you're at least three months away from graduating, it's all on CareerSync. Okay. No, this green bag right here. Oh, you have But it? yeah, okay. we were handed the list today, too. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm just going to name some of, them, uh, some of the people. Some of the so we have um, Bandit Lights, Blue Microphones, um, Encore Event Technologies, Intercom, Florida Panthers and BBC Center, Ford Audio Video Systems, Grand Opening LLC, um, My City Social, NEP Broadcast, and m- much, much more. So if you're looking to I don't, I'm pretty sure this is not just for, for jobs in Orlando, but if you're looking for a job or or if you're three months out or whatever, and you, know, you want to bring, I mean, bring bring your resume, um, dress to dress for success and everything. And um, <coughs> yes, yeah, Monday. What's that? What's uh, Monday, Monday the twentieth. Monday the twentieth. Okay, so you yeah. can May also 20th, yep. you, you can also um, go on their website, maybe apply for a job beforehand, right. or research more what position you want to go for before right. you talk to them too. <laughs> yeah. Right. Sure. So Definitely um, for sure. Um, Larry, do you have, how can Facebook reach you and as a email? Yep, (laughs) as a Full Sail staff member, lcats at fullsail.com. Okay. Well, thanks, guys, for listening. Um, We'll see you next time. Bye, everybody.